Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. everybody so we're back i'm here with paul kaminsky how you doing paul hello everybody hi chris how are you doing pretty good hey we're happy to be talking about denny lane today but it's not the best of circumstances denny is not well and we're here mainly to promote his gofundme which exists to help with his medical expenses and his rehabilitation primarily his rehabilitation rather than try to explain to you what's going on I'm going to let Elizabeth Hines take care of that. Elizabeth Hines is Denny Lane's wife. I met her when I met Denny back in 2017. And we had a short interview with her where she lays out everything that's going on and everything you need to know about Denny's situation, the GoFundMe, etc. So why don't we go straight to that interview and then Paul and I are going to come back and talk a little Denny Lane. Let's do it. Okay, so we're here with Elizabeth Hines, Denny Lane's wife, and we'd like to give her a platform to pass along some information to our listeners who are keenly interested in Denny Lane. So, Elizabeth, can you kind of bring us up to speed on the situation right now with Denny? Hi, yes. Hi, guys. Um, Well, he's still very ill. And um, he came down with last weekend with an infection in his lungs. He has two bacterial infections, one of them being a low-grade pneumonia. Um, So he's on a strong antibiotic. And I posted that the other day since I've been getting a lot of uh, messages from the fans and even friends. I just, it's hard for me to keep up um, regarding an update on his health. So he's still very ill. He's in the hospital, which is where I am right now. Um, just dealing with this bacterial infection and the uh, accumulation of fluid um, in and around his lung because of the inflammation. It causes a lot of fluid retention. Um, So it kind of makes it hard for him to breathe. Uh, But he's, you know, he's chugging along. (laughs) He's he's very strong. And we're just taking it day by day. Um, He's taking his medications for that. He's taking... um, his physical therapy, which is very important. He's also doing some sort of speech therapy to help strengthen his throat, his muscles, because it really weakened him. That surgery he had in September, which was called a VAT surgery, which was a lung surgery to help repair his collapsed lung. And he had a, a small hole in his lung and they had to create, do this surgery in order to glue the whole, the lung to the inner wall of his chest 
to give it some sort of strength. So that surgery really knocked him out, you know, due to his age, you know, and, and all of it. It's a terrible disease he has with the lungs and it's progressive, meaning that eventually, you know, it's going to, he's going to succumb to it. Um, don't know when. Um, so we just take everything day by day. And this all started with COVID-19 and these are complications from COVID-19 basically? Well, he started having complications when he got the jab. Um, he had two, he had the jab and the booster because he was going to go on the Speedle tour. And that was a record, you know, a regulation. They all had to do it, everybody, because all the venues, in order to even perform in venues, you had to have proof that you were um, inoculated. So, you know, when he got the second jab, it was like 30 days later, he got the second jab. I noticed a change in him then where he was starting feeling a little breathless and he was starting to feel like he had this dry cough that would come and go. But then he went on the road. This was a few months later, about four months later. And he got COVID like everybody else did on the tour. And he had it. It was very mild, five, maybe five days. It was like a flu. He just kind of felt sickly, you know, achy. He had a fever and it went away and he was fine. He did the rest of the tour and he was fine when he came home. He did that McCartney tribute in Carnegie Hall. He was still fine. And then he started developing um, more complications with his breathing and started coughing up blood a little bit. And we didn't know what was going on. This is all new to us. <laughs> and mm. even though he went to the doctors and they said they thought he might have had emphysema, they thought it was COPD. And that's what we thought. And when he went on the second tour, the second leg of that tour in June of last year, and he came back, uh, while he was on tour, he got a really bad case of uh, food poisoning in New York. And when he came back, he had this chronic cough that wouldn't go away. He lost weight, took him to the doctors. Um, they said he had pneumonia. Um, he was bleeding, still coughing up blood. And this was last summer. So it was just an ongoing discovery of what's next. What do we have to do? Um, he was on different medications like prednisone um, to manage, manage it. And he was fine. You know, he seemed okay, but it just kept going. And it seemed like it, as the months were going, his coughing wouldn't go away. Uh, he started becoming a little bit more breathless as the time went on. So they figured that the COVID must have triggered an underlying condition he might've had, which was either COPD or uh, emphysema, uh, which we didn't realize he had or, if that was truly the case, but that's what we were told. And so we just been managing it now um, in July. That's when it took a turn and he had a partial lung collapse towards the end of July. Uh, he had a procedure done. He was in the hospital for about three weeks, came home. He was home for about two weeks and then he had a full lung collapse oh. and he's been in the hospital ever since. And that was the end of August. Um, and then he had that surgery, the VAT surgery to glue his lung to his inner wall to strengthen it. Because they said his lungs were in a condition now where they could fall again. It could collapse again. Um, he can't fly. Uh, he can't go in high altitudes. He can't take long drives. And we were told that back in the summer. 
So we can't, you know, I know people have been criticizing, oh, why doesn't he go to England? It's like, well, we wanted to, I wanted to take him to Canada um, and get some health care, but we were told we couldn't. So we're, we were stuck here in Florida. <laughs> and um, that's what we're doing. We're just trying to take care of it here. It, he doesn't have medical insurance because he's British and um, he doesn't have a green card. Both his two American wives before me never helped him. You know, they could have, but neither one of them did. Um, so I was in the process of helping him. And it takes about a year to get a green card. Um, it's a it's a long process. It's expensive, but it's a process. And um, we were just in the beginning stages of that when he started getting sick last year. So we kind of put it aside. You know, we just didn't think this was going to happen. We just said, oh, let's put that aside and let's do let We have to get some tests done. We have to go get a CT scan. You have to get an MRI. So, you know, you're just dealing with medical stuff. You just don't. Mm -hmm think of anything like that and we were going to get married last year as well we just kind of put everything aside um then he got really sick <laughs> and okay. it just hit us out of nowhere so it, we're struggling and the problem with denny it's not a problem but denny is just such he's always a worrier and he was compromising his health care because of the money he says, oh, well, we can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do this. I, No, I'll be okay. I'll just need some rest and I'll be fine, you know. And I said, no, you need to go to the doctor. Um, and I said, everything else can wait. You know, money can wait. We'll, we'll be, health is first. And um, so I decided to put the GoFundMe together to take away that worry because it really was a big burden on his shoulders because um, he's very much the man of the house. He likes to be in control. And this was my way of alleviating that so that he can just focus on being healthy and fighting his pneumonias and doing, you know, focusing on his health. I didn't want him to worry about costs. I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. And um, he was against it, but he finally realized it, it makes sense. And that's why I did that. I, I, I thought about it for quite a few days before I actually did it. Um, but I, I figured I was desperate. <laughs> I really was desperate because I'm here thinking, you know, I'm trying to save him um, before it gets worse. And this is my way of doing that. And that's, that's why I did it. So I may have misunderstood from the article in the uh, Naples Daily News. Uh, I thought you had said something to the effect that his most of his medical expenses were covered, but the, the rehabilitation would not be. And that's what the GoFundMe is for. Well, the hospital, thank God, has a program where they waive most of the hospital bills, such as the hospital stay, you know, wow. the, room and, the room and board. In Florida? In Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we were shocked. I didn't even realize they had something like that because we were getting bills that were 50 grand. You know, there was a bill that came in and this was in July and it was 50 grand. And I said, oh my God. And that was for his, I think that was when he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And I just like, whoops. <laughs> I said, well, we're just going to have to deal with it. You know, you can't get blood from a stone. Uh, and then the hospital did contact us and they have this program where they help people who do not have health insurance, where they waive most of the bill or they um, discount it. So 
they waived the stay, like the room and board, but a lot of the, or I should say, all of the tests are not waived. So all the x-rays he gets, the anesthesia uh, special specialists who've been handling him, such as the um, infectious disease, the rheumatologist, we have to pay, but they give us a discount. I think they give us like a 20% discount. So you'll get it on that doctor bill or on that x-ray or on that procedure. Um, so we still paying. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's just that, thank God, we don't have to pay the room and board. We couldn't handle that. It would have been crazy, the, the amount of money since he's been in the hospital now, since October 3rd straight with when he came back. Because he was in rehab for 10 days um, back in September, the end of September. And he was on the right track and then he got pneumonia yeah. and it went septic a little bit. And he came back into the hospital October 3rd and he was in ICU for two weeks. Oof. And then it went away. You know, the, the inflammation went away, the fluid uh, subsided, and then he was it admitted to uh, one of the normal floors, which was great, but he's very weak. He can't walk. He can't stand. He can't really do much of anything independent. Um, so he has to be bathed, clean, changed. Uh, and I help him with that, a lot of that. Eating, he was on puree for a while because his muscles in his throat were weakened. Um, they did put a, a feeding tube in his nose to help with nutrition because he wasn't getting a full nutrition. Eventually, <laughs> once he gets out of the hospital, we can go back to the rehab so he can build up his physical stamina. Be uh, He's going to have to learn how to use a walker and a wheelchair. And this is going to be temporary, they said, mm -hmm. while he rebuilds because he's very thin. He lost about 20 pounds throughout this process the last two months. So he's underweight. So that makes him weak. Once he gets into rehab, we can, I mean, he's doing some of it here and I help him with some physical therapy. Um, but once he gets back to rehab and they can continue it and it's, they do about four hours a day of physical therapy broken up throughout the day. And they do that with, I think it's for three weeks and then he can come home and then we will have home health care and continue his therapy. He has to continue having nurses coming to check his vitals pull blood because he also has autoimmune disease, which also is COVID related. Everything was triggered by COVID. He never had these problems before. Mm -hmm. So he's susceptible to infection. He's, he's susceptible to these things. That's why he gets infection of pneumonia quite often. So he would have to be under, you know, nursing care a couple of times a week to start and then once a week, and then he will have physical therapists coming to the house. I have to get a hospital bed. I have to get a wheelchair while he's going through this recovery stage. And it could take, you know, several months. They don't know yet until he finishes his rehabilitation at the center. Once that's completed, then they'll have a better idea of how much longer it's going to take for him to regain some independence, whether it's going to be using a walker and then a cane, and then eventually nothing. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a process, and all that is out of pocket. <laughs> right. The home health care okay. and the rehabilitation center. That we have to pay. There's no waiving. So 
speaking of which, uh, for folks who want to donate, I wanted to direct people to where you can go. So you can go to GoFundMe.com and then the, the it's kind of weird. They don't give you a, a direct link, but you can search Denny Lane Medical Expenses and you can go and donate on that page. It looks like there's hundreds and hundreds of people who donated, which is great, uh, fans and, and colleagues and friends and family alike. And uh, one of the things I really was moved by in the page was when you had called out that he wants to play his guitar again. And I was wondering, you know, hey, is that is there a path toward him being able to have access to music? Do you know? I mean, I know that's sort of low on the list right now, but I don't know. Is it, they, they talk about music and healing, and I'm not sure I, I fully understand all of that, but. You know, hospitals are, aren't like they used to be. Um, they're understaffed, at least the one we're in here in Naples. They're understaffed. They are more focused about you getting well, medically well, so that they could free up a bed. I mean, I, I dealt with my own. I had health issues when I was younger, back when I was in my 30s and 40s. And I had, uh, they thought I had cancer. And all they care about is, okay, get out of this. You know, they want you out of that hospital room. And it's kind of the same here, but I bring in the music. I bring in um, pictures. I bring in flowers. Um, I bring in his guitar. Well, <laughs> I bring in his ukulele because it's easier uh, for him to handle. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Uh, and it's light. I brought all his lyric books. He's got a book full of lyrics and poems, and I bring that to him until he can write. But he these these last six weeks he hasn't really been motivated i think he's depressed which can't i can't blame him so it's it's critical now where i try to keep his mind away from what he's what he's dealing with even though he's stuck in that bed but you know we try to watch movies together we try to um i put music on he's just the other day he wanted to sing christmas songs Mm -hmm. out of the blue and he started singing Silent Night, and he can't really sing right now. So it, it breaks my heart. I know he's trying, you know, and it's, it just shows me his will. Yeah. So we were, he just said, oh, I want to sing Christmas songs. So he started singing, you know, Silent Night and all that. And he's also become friendly with the chaplain here. And the chaplain plays guitar, has a boat, which Denny loves, and RVs. So they actually talk. And so he has his one-on-one guy time with this chaplain, hmm. which is great. And the chaplain brings his guitar. And, and Denny actually, for the first time about a week ago, oh, two weeks ago now, he actually played a couple of chords on it. But then he got too tired. It didn't last long. But at least he tried. Yeah. And he said it hurt. It, it tired him out, hmm. like his arms. Um, I gave him his ukulele last weekend and I said, here, honey, try, you know, try it again. And he did a couple of things on the ukulele, which was a little easier for him, but then he got tired. And then I think he, I think it just makes him frustrated because that's his love playing the guitar. He plays that all the time. I not when we're home, he takes it in the car when we travel, no matter where we, if we're, you know, on a road trip, he always has get a guitar in tow. So to not be able to play, I'm sure is really hard on him. It's his, it's his passion. And um, so I think that's the cabin fever is really affecting him. And that's why it's dangerous. And I tried to 
motivate him. Here, honey, here's this. Or because for a while there, he stopped listening to music. And I said, no, let's listen to this or let's put this on. And he loves The Wizard of Oz. That's his favorite movie. Hmm. And I said, let's watch The Wizard of Oz, you know, or Some Like It Hot. That is another favorite movie of his. Good choices. Yeah, we watch all those you know, Charlie Chaplin and, and, you know, but lately he hasn't been in the mood for it. So that's depressing. And I'm sure it's because he's got these bacterial infections. So he's sick. Mm-hmm. You know how you feel when you're sick, you don't want to do anything. So I'm trying to hopefully maybe tomorrow and later this week, get him back to let's watch the wizard of Oz. Let's watch some Charlie Chaplin. Let's, let's get back to that, you know, get, make him forget, uh, make him laugh, which is something I miss. Um, since he's been ill, I miss him. You know, I miss his spirit. I miss that yeah. silly man that he is, that laugh, that his humor. I miss that. It's gone. And I want it back. So I'm trying to make him smile. I'm trying to make him laugh and feel good. And it's really hard. It's really hard on him because he's got, you know, he's feeling pain, even though he doesn't complain. He'll look at me and he'll see me worried. And he'll just tell me, are you getting any sleep? You know, and make sure you get your sleep. You got to take care of yourself. And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) don't worry about me. I'm not sick. You know, I'm okay. You're the one who's sick, but he's worried about me. And that just shows you who he is. He's just all heart, Denny. He's all heart. And he's a sweetheart of a person. Um, He'll give you the shirt off his back if he could. That was certainly our impression, you know, when we met him in 2017. He's a doll. He really is. And it breaks my heart to see him so sick and weak. Do you have some sense of how far he is from getting out of the hospital and entering rehab? I found out that he was slated to go to to be discharged on November 8th. But then he got this illness, this infection. So if he didn't have this infection, we might as we might have been in the rehab by now. But you know, obviously he's gonna be he's gonna be on this antibiotic for the next two weeks. So he's on his he just started his second week today. We'll see how things go by the end of the week. So maybe by the end of the year though, he he enters rehab. I'm hoping by the um end of the month. I'm, I'm hoping by the end of this month mm-hmm. that he'll go into rehab. I'm hoping he'll be home for Christmas. We were hoping he would be home for his birthday, but then he got that pneumonia in the beginning of October. So that slowed everything down. And now he got it again. So I'm hoping he'll be home by Christmas. And everything, you know, everything just gets pushed back. And that's yeah. why I'm saying everything is that we take things one day at a time. Sure. Uh, Elizabeth, one thing I wanted to ask you about is there still um, going to be a benefit concert on November 27th? Yes, that concert is sold out and was put together by Denny's band out in California, headed mm-hmm. by Alex Jules. And um, they 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 ran with it, put it together. And uh, there's going to be eventually a streaming option, a pay-per-view type thing. And I don't know when that's going to happen, like when that's going to go on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know it's happening. So they finalized it and it's a matter of when they're going to be able to get that together to sell. It's an amazing lineup. I'm looking at this Mickey Dolans, Susanna Hopps, Denny Sywell and Lawrence Juber, Joey Moland, Peter Asher, 
Jeremy Clyde, Paul Schaefer. You know, it's a re- great, great lineup. And this is at the Troubadour in West Hollywood, November 27th. Right. And that's um, and that was put together by the band. And they all they all live out in L.A. So that's why they chose the Troubadour. Just put it together really quickly to get that going for him. They they just threw it together real fast. He, Alex is great. He was a friend of Ryan's as well, and um, I, I know he tours with Mickey Dolenz and th- that as you know he has connections there. So I'm so happy. I was so happy to see that come together because that's so wonderful. Every, the outpouring of support for Denny was was great. There's so much love for Denny. Uh, I get messages from so many people. Um, not just the fans, but people he's worked with, um, managers. I mean, the Rolling Stones, Steve Jordan from the Rolling Stones, he contacted Denny's agent, Dave Maida, and said, we got to do something, you know, to help him. So they put us in contact with their doctor, the Rolling Stones doctor out, up in New York for second opinions and advice. And so we've yeah. been in touch with him, that this doctor up in New York. So we do have so many people just reaching out to us and saying, keep us in touch, like Lee Eastman of MPL. I just wrote him the other day and because I sent him a thank you. I sent Paul a thank you. And I know people have been criticizing Paul. And I hope everybody knows by now that, yes, Paul did contribute and and he's in the loop. But when Paul started that Australian tour, I finally got a, a text to him through Denny's phone. And I just wanted to say thank you to him and for his generosity and um, I, I said it was, you're not obligated, and but I said, we appreciate it. And he wrote me back and, and he wrote me back literally the next morning. And Lee Eastman is, knows Denny since he was a kid. And he says he was Uncle Denny, you know, back, yeah. mm-hmm. back then. So there, there's a lot of love there for him. And MPL says, you know, we're praying for him and we're hoping that he gets well. And they just keep telling me to keep them in the loop. And that's what I do. And a lot of other people have asked the same. So I do keep a lot of people in the loop when I have the time. (laughs) It's a lot of love and it's nice to know, you know, and I tell Denny about it and he gets emotional. Well, with that kind of support, though, you've got to think the outlook is good, both in terms of moral support and otherwise. Yes. Yeah. We got to fly that Rolling Stones doctor down. He's been keeping Keith standing for decades at this point. <laughs> I said that to Denny. I said, well, if he can keep Keith Richards around for 20 years, because he's been his doctor for 20 years, I said, come on, I hope he can work some miracles with you. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, I, I, it's a great lineup for that show. Uh, it's uh, everybody again. Check out the GoFundMe. Uh, we'll provide links to it in our social feed. But again, if you want to search for it, it's GoFundMe.com, and then search Denny Lane Medical Expenses, and you can donate. If Denny has touched your life out there with his music, uh, this is a great chance to give a little back and to uh, hopefully get him home for Christmas so he could sing a proper Silent Night uh, around the Christmas That's tree. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you can also go to uh, Denny's social media pages, um, Instagram, but it's right on, I find Facebook to be easier. It's on his Facebook page, you know, Denny Lane official official page. And always, I tell everybody, always look for that little blue marker next to the name because that's his page. That's that's the real Denny. Uh-huh. Um, he does manage the page with me. I He oversees it. Hmm. Um, and he sees the messages. I, I show him, I show them to him. Um, he's involved, you know, in his pages and he is aware of what's going on. Um, not so much lately since he's been so ill, 
Um, but he's always been aware. So yeah, it's it's pinned onto the top of his page, the great. GoFundMe link. Great, great. I've also done other podcasts. If people are interested in hearing more details, because I've gone into depth in the past, and they're, they're all listed on my uh, on Denny's Facebook page, and people right. can go and research it there. They want to go back and see some more, hear some history. It's there. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Any other questions, Paul? Uh, no, I think that about covers it. I just I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time, Elizabeth. I know this is a real hectic time. Denny's right, though. You, uh, it's a hectic time on you as well. And so we just uh, you, we want you to know that the fans are, are thinking about you as well as Denny. And uh, we hope that you, you're both able to get some rest and are able to get into this holiday season with, uh, with the hope that you, you both deserve. Um, so thank you for, for talking to us today. Well, thank yeah. you for inviting me. And I, and also I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to the fans, to the friends, um, everybody out there who's contacted me. And I, if I haven't reached out to you, responded, you know, please understand. I, I'm, there's some days I'm paralyzed here. I, I, it's a lot for me to deal with emotionally, but I, we do read them. I read them. And I want to say thank you to everybody. Also, thank you for the contributions on his GoFundMe. It's so appreciated understanding that a lot of people are suffering, especially now we're going into the holiday season. We are very thankful and I'm very thankful for $5. It doesn't matter because to me, that page is love. That shows love to me for Denny and for his care. And that's the way I look at it. So thank you so much, everybody. Okay. Well, thank you for being here and for all that information. And um, we're going to put up what we think is going to be a very cool uh, episode. In addition to this, we're going to talk about some favorite songs of ours by Denny Lane. <laughs> you want to hear one of Denny's favorite songs is, is well, um, Say You Don't Mind. Hey, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> that's his fa- that's, I always ask what your, he says, that's my favorite. That's the one. That was on my list. I When I was a when I was uh, growing up a Beatle fan, my dad had given me a Denny Lane album where he had done sort of covers from throughout his career. And even, I, I must have been, I don't know, I was a young kid and that was my favorite song on the whole album. Uh, I just love it so much. I forgot to mention this, but he was working on re-releasing Holidays. Oh. Um, he was, oh. he was, he had, was texting Paul, everybody texts nowadays. He was texting Paul over the summer back in July about having it re-released and he did a whole different cover art for it and he sent it to Paul <laughs> and Paul liked it, gave it, oh, I love it. He gave it a thumbs up. <laughs> and then Paul had somebody in his office contact me to get the ball rolling, you know, to get this project moving. And we were in the beginning stages of that and very beginning stages. And then Denny got sick and he ended up in the hospital. So everything got put on hold. But yeah, so eventually that will be re-released holidays we'll take what we can get i mean denny has a lot of stuff that deserves re-release yeah it's good to see things moving in the right direction there well thanks so much elizabeth and good luck and you know we'll be following closely thank you okay and we're back hopefully that fills everybody in on the situation And we figure as long as we're here promoting the GoFundMe and talking to Elizabeth, why don't we have a casual chat about some of our favorite Denny Lane songs? 
this is not the greatest Denny Lane songs ranked from worst to best or anything like that. This is, you know, this is just me and Paul having a chat about some songs we like by Denny. If you want an in-depth discussion about Denny Lane's output, we refer you to the interview that Ryan Brady and I did with Denny back in 2017. Interestingly, I have the episode notes for that in front of me. Just kind of a nostalgic thing. And we did cover these songs and many more. Denny obviously was on a second time. You know, look, we tied this man to a chair for four (laughs) hours and made him talk about his music. And then he came back for more. So (laughs) clearly a glutton for punishment. The great thing about the second interview was that we were able to finally just pelt him with wings questions, which we didn't want to do in our first interview. (laughs) But he came back the second time to talk about wings albums. So we got a lot out of him uh, regarding wings on the second one. So we're here to talk about a few of our faves. Paul, you want to start? Yeah, well, first, uh, I'd like to thank Elizabeth again for joining us on the show. You know, Denny has given us so much music over the years that it's just been really nice to chat with her. Obviously, we wish it was under better circumstances, but we're, we feel good about wanting to uh, do something for somebody who has given us so much. And And Chris, this was Chris's idea to put this together. So thank you, Chris, as well. And Actually, funnily enough, I also met Denny Lane in 2017 with Ryan. Um, we oh. went to go see him play someplace in California, I don't recall. But we saw that sort of words and music, that that kind of solo acoustic tour that he did. And we got to meet and hang out with him a bit afterwards. And yeah, my one memory of hanging out backstage with him and Ryan was uh, Denny telling Ryan that he, he had just gotten the advanced copy of the Red Rose Speedway wildlife box to listen to and uh, us going, ooh, that's confirmation. Of course, we couldn't say anything, but it was really cool. <laughs> it was just a really lovely experience that I'll always remember. And of course, we've seen Denny at fests in the past. And um, yeah, he is just such a quintessential musical figure in both of our lives, I would say. Yeah. And even as a kid, I really enjoyed the Denny songs when it was on Wings Records. But also, as I mentioned in the interview, my dad got me one of the Denny Lane sort of re-recording. He actually did like a Taylor's version (laughs) re-recording of a lot of his (laughs) famous songs, Mm -hmm. famous hits in the early 90s. And that was a CD that I had and spun to death. And one of the tracks on there that really jumped out at me at the time was Say You Don't Mind. I just love Say You Don't Mind so much. Heck yeah. It is one of these weird kind of in the middle sort of tracks of his where it was, you know, sort of just prior to joining Wings, but like post Moody Blues. And so he's in that sort of late 60s, extremely early 70s kind of transition period in his own career. But that song is a top notch pop song yeah and stands absolutely on its own with anything else he wrote and recorded with wings i would say bar none i would say it's one of his finest efforts but certainly on on the par with a lot of the great wing stuff that he recorded so that was my first selection i thought we'd talk about Some kind of fool What I do, what I did Stupid fish, I drank the pool I've been doing some dying Now I'm 
Agreed. It's a great song. Do you have a favorite version? Because you have a few to choose from. Yeah, well, it's the it's the first one you hear, right? That's the first one that always sticks with you, right? So yeah, the first version I heard was that sort of early 90s re-recorded version where he's still got that wonderful falsetto. He can still kind of like really hit it and stuff, but the harmonicas are, are that's not a harmonica, it's like a fiddle or something. It's really sort of up in the mix and it's got this kind of quasi- kind of folky country-ish almost hoedown kind of feel to it or something but it's a it's a funky little number I realize that I've been in your eyes and kind of fool Stupid fish, I drank the pool I've been doing some whining Now I'm doing some finding So say you don't mind, you don't mind Let me off this time And so yeah, that's my favorite. I like the original version that he put out in the, in the 60s the very late 60s as well the denny lane string band yeah 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 how about you you have a favorite version chris i gotta go with the colin blundstone you know right and that was that was the hit right and i was just listening to a live version of that he was it was colin blundstone on some show in the early 70s sorry i don't know the show but it wasn't the record the record's fantastic but it was nice because he actually had a string orchestra there with him and it's a very classy thing and I think Blundstone's version really brings out some hmm, sort of aching quality that that song has. It's especially in the falsetto parts. So when he goes into like the bridge and does the falsetto, it's, it's really gorgeous. But it's like a really interesting string arrangement because it's totally rock, but it's strings, you know. Sure. <laughs> Beautifully done. That's 1972, I think. Do I'm Yeah, it's really bouncy and super fun. And it also follows that kind of Denny Lane, you know, descending and then picks back up again and starts over. And that sort of songwriting pattern that he has that I think he actually brought helped bring out of Paul, that sort of rhythm, rhythmic consistency to Denny Lane material. But it's also just super fun and bouncy. And I don't know, it's always a favorite. I never skip that one. In fact, it was one of... This is true. It was one of my early first iTunes purchases. So we're talking, I don't know, well over a decade ago, but it's one of those songs that's just been on my phone forever because it was one of those very early purchases that never goes anywhere. (laughs) Uh, That and that U2 album were just like hanging out together. Um, Oh God, that U2 album. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I I just love that I never listened to that thing. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, yeah, so Say You Don't Mind. That's, uh, That's my first pick here, Chris. And What's your first pick? So my first pick is going to be Destiny Unknown from Ah Lane. And that's the second track on Ah Lane, but it's the album opener. 
It's the proper album opener, so there's a kind of a prelude in the form of Big Ben. I'm going to play the end of Big Ben going into Destiny Unknown because I feel like that's part of the charm of Destiny Unknown. Sometimes I like songs for where they appear on an album. Sometimes I like a song just because it's an awesome side two opener or side one closer. And in this case, so Big Ben is this, everyone refers to it as goofy. It's goofy, (laughs) you know. It has this pathos about it, you know, this kind of almost sad, goofy quality. And it starts the album in this very slow-paced way and then Bang! Destiny Unknown comes in. This little two and a half minute rock and roll nugget, just gorgeous. And uh, well, let's let's uh, introduce the song. Let's hear a little bit. So these are Gypsy Den lyrics, right? This is yeah. a song about roaming, right? This is a song about, you know, you're in love with someone and you're going to miss them and you're going to be thinking about them, but you got to go. <laughs> it's just one of those songs, you know? <laughs> Which he was at the time. I mean, that's yeah, just really fascinating stuff. And I think that roaming spirit is captured in that idea that he was kind of roaming at the time. He was... yeah just this i don't know like the equivalent of a musician equivalent of riding the rails or like what robert johnson or one of those blues guys was doing in the delta back in the 30s or whatever he was just sort of around well and to drive home the point he was even studying gypsy music at the time so (laughs) you know he was roving yeah and there's this weird thing that denny didn't know it had been released by warner brothers in the united states so it the story is, and I don't know if the McCartney book contradicts it, but this, the lore is that Denny didn't know it had been released in the U.S. until 1989. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he knew it had been released by Wizard Records 
in yeah. Europe. He right. did not know it was out. And he had nothing to do with the cover, which was a cash grab that had him wearing a Wings t-shirt. Right, he right. Was a, he was a wing. But you know, it's a great album. And I, I recommend to anyone who hasn't heard it, like it's just got so much energy. And the band sounds great. And one thing I love about the song you can hear Denny's contribution to Wings in this song. Yeah. And really throughout this album, but the guitar sound and the style of the guitar playing, even some things about the production are very early Wings to me. So great stuff. Sweet harmonica solo, some great bass playing on this thing, you know, and Denny just sings his ass off some nice, you know, at the end, he's really going for it. So yeah, highly recommend the album. And this would be my favorite track on the album. Awesome. Well, fantastic pick, Chris. For my next one, I went with Japanese Tears. We were all friends together in a very strange land. That was a tap on my shoulder from the tiny yellow hand. After all, we waited after all the years. reason i went with that song is sort of twofold. i can't wait to hear <laughs> <laughs> people listening to the show what i have what i have in my notes for that song is weird <laughs> yeah you know what it reminds me of chris it reminds me of blood from a clone a little it's sort of this ooh, this jagged sort of unexpected and rhythmically yeah perplexing thing but the melody in it and the overall the the chorus it's it's catchy you know the structure all of it just really grabbed me and the first time i ever heard it was when my dad was doing his yesterday and today cd special so i was a teenager and of course my dad turned that to the yesterday and today podcast plug 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 but the idea is that he goes through the beatles history anyway so i heard that first there and I remember thinking at the time, oh, this is problematic. Uh, but actually, uh, <laughs> well, when you hear yeah, the it, word though, problematic went through my mind too. <laughs> but putting that aside, the the structure of the song and the rhythm and the and the beautiful uh, music, I think actually really really works. At least it works for me and stuck out in my mind is extremely memorable. The song written after Paul's drug bust in Japan with Wings. And as opposed to sort of what the title suggests, it's not about Wings crying that Paul is gone, but it's about Denny's reaction. I guess the other members of Wings too, but I think Denny principally was reacting to the throngs of just weeping McCartney fans, Beatle fans uh, in Japan. Yeah. A, when Paul arrived, but B, when he got busted and couldn't perform, and they were just in absolute distraught state. Because 
They had waited so long. No Beatle had gone there to perform since 65? No, 66, Budokan. So it's been, it'd been a really long time. Anyway, so there's that aspect of it. So that he's describing these fans who are just crying <laughs> for both positively and then ultimately negatively the, for, for Paul. But I don't know. It's just... There's something he that Denny was able to do with that song that makes it timeless to me, where you get that after all the waiting, after all the tears, there's just a way of Denny's songwriting where he takes these sometimes hyper-specific events and makes them universal in ways that I really appreciate and really highlight his strengths as a songwriter. And so that song always stuck out to me, and it's a favorite of mine, and you know, uh, cancel me if you will. And look, it's probably no, warranted, no, listen. but, uh, you know, I like it a lot. Oh, totally. I mean, both melodically and in terms of the production, it's really very inventive. Yeah. A little bit experimental even, you know, like even the way he sings. Absolutely. He goes up to those really high notes and, you know, it's quite an interesting song. And, you know, I didn't do a lot of background on it, so you're informing me that that this is about. I knew it had something to do with the drug bust. How could yeah. it not? <laughs> given when it came out, and you know, but that particular angle on it is actually quite touching. Uh, I think I kind of got that reading through the lyrics, but I also assumed more of it being Wings' perspective. Sure, that Paul was in trouble. I hadn't thought of it as like just crushed Japanese fans. That brings a whole other take on it. Absolutely. And I, I didn't know that thoroughly in, until I, uh, you know, listened to, <laughs> again, listen to my dad's special, but it was um, a great snapshot of just where he was as a songwriter in 1980. I would argue very advanced. I think all that time hanging around Paul McCartney affected him. Not that he wasn't a good songwriter before that, but how could it not? You know, you're around somebody sure. who's got that creative energy all the time. It's bound to make you experimental, especially Paul, experimental. To me, it sounds like sure. something off of Back to the Egg, or it sounds like something of what Wings would have done had they remained together. Of course, the mythology is that they break up wholesale after the drug bust, but as we know, they did not mm. break up after the drug bust. Wings went back into the studio and started rehearsing again, and there's all these different takes of like no values and ballroom dancing and you don't know where she came from <laughs> yeah right and they're great little <laughs> sessions but then they fizzled out and then denny plays all over tug of war and pipes a piece so he's all over yeah. yeah yeah so anyway i love japanese tears i think it's a great song i told him so actually when we met and i and he seemed surprised uh, actually he had the same face you did actually like no oh. Uh, and, <laughs> and I, I was asking like, ah, I'd really like to hear you play that. And then I was sort of thinking like, ah, it'd be kind of hard to do with just an acoustic guitar. Okay. So speaking of nostalgia from 2017, I'm seeing here in our episode notes for our Denny Lane interview back then that I had gone to St. Charles to see Denny play same tour that you saw him on presumably. And I must have taken down the set list. Ooh. So I have the set list here from that show. It's St. Charles. August 5th, 2017. And among the songs he played was one of my favorites, Ghost of the Scrimshaw Carver. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a big fan of Ghost of the Scrimshaw Carver. I actually really like Arctic Song, which is Denny's sort of musical. And there are a few different versions. I'm going to try to play some snippets here from a, a, I have three versions. I have the one that's on that album, 
but the official album of Arctic Song isn't really, Denny didn't really do it. Nevertheless, whoever sings it on the album just kills it. It, It's this great scratchy voice. It's really fun. Yeah. But actually, I really like one of Denny's versions. So I have two versions of Denny singing it. One is simply marked demo. These are just sound files, you know. One is marked demo and the other just goes to the Scrimshaw Carver and it's the one that's not marked demo is my favorite. So I'll, I'll play, why don't I play that one first? So that's a very stripped down version with Denny singing it really beautifully. And I wanted to share some of the fascinating lyrics from yeah, this song. Please do. It's a sea shanty. You know? <laughs> good. <laughs> it's a straight up sea shanty and a good one. Very, very catchy. And you could totally imagine, you know, this as some kind of drinking song. Really cool. So I'm going to read the first verse here. Landlubbers have awoken me, releasing of me spirit from the bottom of the sea, where me bones have laid since 1883 on the <laughs> ghost of the Scrimshaw Carver. And I especially love this releasing of me spirit. It, he does say that, releasing of me spirit. And it, it's, the usage there is a little bit like, I don't know, if, have you ever heard this usage where someone will say, here, taste of it? Oh. Or smell of it? No. It's an old, it's a very, I think I know it because I'm from the South and there are all these very old, like Elizabethan usages in the, in the South, especially in Appalachian English. Yeah. So taste of it, smell of it. This is that usage, releasing of me spirit. So instead of releasing my spirit, it's releasing of my spirit, but it means the same thing. Yeah. So like this language, this like weird piratey, <laughs> I know it's not really about a pirate, you know, it's a Moby Dick type thing. It's about a whale hunter. Right. Second verse, as a cabin boy aboard the ocean spray, out of Liverpool, we sailed to Baffin Bay, crossed the Greenland Sea for to hunt the mighty whale. For to hunt. Again, like, this is <laughs> just that. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is just great, you know, use of this kind of. I keep wanting to say piratey, but, you know, for yeah. lack of a better word. Sure. You know, seafaring English, seafaring British uh, English, you know. Anyway, it's a wonderful song and uh, it's so catchy. Right. I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of the Arctic Song album version so you can hear this guy with this amazing voice. And maybe I'll dig up a little bit of the old interview with Denny because I think he explains a little bit about the singer. But here, here's that version. Who is yeah. this guy who sings Scrimshaw Carver on here? Oh, that's Phil Jones. Goodness gracious. It, it, Fantastic. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's quite well known in Liverpool at the time. And, and he's, you know, just a local lad. Phil 
theatres. But as she blows, I hear the lookout say, Off the starboard bow, not half a mile away. And the sea turned red as we took his life that day. Whale blubber and needle and the stone. I carved a pretty picture on a piece of whale bone for to make some pennies for me family back home. I'm the ghost of the Scrimshaw carver with a whale blubber, a needle and a stone. I carved a pretty picture on a piece of whale bone for to make some pennies for my family at home. I'm the ghost of the Scrimshaw carver. Brought in a few friends, but yeah. I wasn't involved with that, as I well, said. Chris Hill was, and, and my Chris partner, Hill, John, yeah. John, yeah, John Ash was. But, hey, they did a good job of it. So, yeah, super cool song, and he does still play it live. I just found a video of him doing it in 2023, so he has been still doing it. So he knows it's a good song. He knew that before I told him it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't realize that Nicky Hopkins played on that album. I had no idea. And he didn't play on this track. He actually played on track 13. It looks like Journey to the Ice Palace. But I must admit, I am largely unfamiliar with this album. And I cannot wait to dive in based on that description. (laughs) Holy smokes. Yeah. Arctic Song is good. Yeah, it has several really strong songs. And even though Denny distanced himself a little bit from the album uh, when we interviewed him, uh, he seems proud of the songs. Yeah, anyway, cool song. Definitely recommend people check that out. And, uh, you know, again, I I prefer one of Denny's own versions, not the demo, but the other one, whatever it is. Yeah. There are still mysteries on Take It Away. (laughs) Uh, I feel like you've got all the cool deep cuts, and I don't. But Chris, for my last song, it is certainly not a deep cut, but so much of Denny's music that I appreciate comes from Wings. So I did choose ultimately a Wings song. Now, this is a co-write. He did not write this entire thing, but I chose No Words for my last Mm. of the three songs. Do Do I know that one? Have I heard that? <laughs> I think I've only heard it 2.5 million times or something like that. <laughs> to me, one of the unsung tracks on Band on the Run, to be honest. Oh, it's one of my favorite tracks on Band on the Run. You want to give your love away and end up giving nothing. I'm not surprised that you're blind. not as celebrated as some of the other ones you know i would say and i think it deserves that credit like 1985 is finally getting its due paul kind of trotting it out in concert and stuff but i don't know no words always 
No Words always stuck out to me as a favorite on Band on the Run and from Wing's entire catalog. And I would argue kind of points in the direction or an early clue to the new direction for where Wings was kind of headed, obviously, because Paul was, that was his first foray into bringing Danny in as a songwriter to the Wings fold. If you don't count the scrapped... I would only smile. I would only smile. It's a lot of fascinating things. I'm going to refer to that McCartney legacy book again, but (laughs) the... Go ahead. The drama behind why I would only smile was taken off that record and all of this stuff and that Denny rolled with it all with a with good humor was really big of him in that moment. But no words I think no words in a lot of ways was Paul saying, No, Denny, I do take your songwriting seriously. Let's actually make a go of this. And the song is damn good. It's a one of these Frankenstein things that Paul does all the time, but Denny had a nugget, Paul had a nugget, they married the nuggets. And what came out is this just wonderful cacophony of sound. And I don't know, it's just one of these baseline wing songs. It's just the harmonies and that ascending when it, when it really builds. And then it kind of lets it lilts a little at the end. So as opposed to a Beatles song that might build and pop, it builds and lilts, you know, mm, <laughs> you go, yes. and then, and then there's, almost this somber quality to it. And then you're back down again and then it builds up. So I love that about the song. Funnily enough, it was the track that caused such a disagreement between Paul and Henry McCulloch that Henry McCulloch ultimately quit Wings, went into an excruciating juicy detail in that McCartney legacy book. But the idea being Paul was saying, no, I really need you to play the guitar part like this. And I think Henry's words as quoted in the book was, we'll see about that. You cunt. And, uh, and, and left. Hmm. And, and so that was before they took off for Africa. Obviously they were what, rehearsing some of the songs, I guess they went through the whole, almost the whole shebang, the whole album. Hmm. And no words was the final straw. I, there was a lot of things that built to that point that caused that split. Once Henry left under the circumstances, he did, Denny, like a trooper, also had drama with Paul at that particular time, but still went to Lagos in good faith. And Denny Sywell basically was like, listen, we should wait, you know, yada, yada. Like, we should get another guitarist, go back out there and really do it. And and when Paul was obstinate to that, it was that plus a bunch of other things that caused Denny Sywell to walk away too. So in a lot of ways, that song is an early clue in the new direction of just the band in general, because it mm. was that moment where the lines were drawn in a sense. And Denny came down on the side of himself, obviously, but also on the side of the band and trying to make it work. And he did make it work for many, many years after that to astounding fame. So no words could have been this break, but instead it was transcendent and is so much bigger than that story and so much bigger than any drama because it's an enduring lasting piece of wonderful song craft i agree i think it's really one of the highlights of band on the run for me and my understanding is that it's basically a denny song except for the your burning love sweet burning love part yeah that was something paul had and they smushed it together yeah yeah paul can do those frankensteins yeah i know as you say yeah Yeah, he's he's a master of that you know, the guitar sound throughout Band on the Run and especially, you know, No no Words is a very slickly produced track. 
You know, it really has a very distinctive sound, a very wing sound. Yeah. And a lot of that is coming from Denny Lane's guitar style. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Unsung also on that album is, is Denny's guitar. Absolutely. So yeah, great choice. Cannot argue with that. My final choice is a song called Meant to Be from 2017. So it was new at the time that we interviewed him. It's really just a really solid rock song, just a good rock song. And I'm going to play a little bit of it here, and then I want to talk about a song that it reminds me of. I don't know how much Denny was drawing from the song I'm thinking of, but it's very similar. So let's listen to a little bit of Meant to Be from 2017. That's a great sounding rock band. That's a great vocal. Denny is obviously in great shape as of 2017 when it comes to playing and singing and writing good songs. And this song reminds me so much of a song by Cole Porter, a standard by Cole Porter. And I'll play a little bit of probably the Frank Sinatra version, you know, which is the one I know. But before I play that, I want to read the lyrics for the opening verses. Whenever skies look gray to me and trouble begins to brew, whenever the winter winds become too strong, I concentrate on you. When fortune cries nay, nay to me and people declare you're through, whenever the blues become my only song, I concentrate on you. And that sentiment and even that sort of style of lyrical construction pretty much makes its way into meant to be. I have no idea whether... Denny is a Cole Porter fan or whether he knows I concentrate on you, but he's picking up on that cadence of whenever things seem grim, just remember in the case of meant to be, just remember we're going to be fine. This was meant to be. So that's his, 
his I concentrate on you refrain. But it's a very similar construction. And again, as always, when we when we do this, we're not accusing anybody of stealing anything. It's like these things are in the blood of just, they just run through the veins of like songwriting, right? But he, yeah. he picks that up and uses that. And I, I think it's wonderful. It's, it's a great song. And Denny sounds so good on this song. Whenever skies look gray to me And trouble begins to brew Whenever the winter winds They get too strong I concentrate on you When fortune cries Nay, 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 nay to me And people declare that you're true Whenever the blues become the only song I concentrate on you And I love the fact that it's, you know, it's 2017, you know, it's recent Denny Lane, and boy, is he in fine form as of 2017, as far as, you know, as far as this song. The B-side's great, too. Definitely recommend checking that out. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. You can find it wherever. But definitely recommend checking this tune out in its entirety. Wow, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate that. I was unfamiliar with this song. And again, all, a lot of these selections are indicative of the different aspects of Denny Lane's approach to not just music, but to life. And that we'll get through it attitude mm-hmm. is really indicative of like how Denny has treated himself over the years, at least from a public perception. Yeah. Just with good humor, uh, charm, wonderful talent, and music throughout all of it, and yeah. often is great at, to quote another, uh, taking a sad song and making it better in a lot of ways. And we hope that this episode has encouraged everyone else out there to take a deeper dive into Denny's music and again, to support the GoFundMe that Elizabeth is running right now to help Denny with his medical expenses and his rehabilitation expenses, because, you know, giving back a little bit, if you can afford it, or if you have the means, I think is, uh, is a wonderful thing to do to somebody for somebody who's meant so much to us. And, you know, when, when Ryan and I interviewed Denny in 2017, we, I think we went into that thinking, hey, we're going to interview a member of Wings. And what we found out when we had this crazy crash course in this man's career is this isn't a member of Wings. This is a freaking great singer-songwriter in his own right. This man has made so much good music. And, you know, I, I'm holding out hope for re-releases and um, hoping that some of this work will get out there, and maybe we've played some small part in that. I would feel great if we had. But, yeah, he, he deserves to be appreciated. You know, if you like No Words, if you like Children, Children. And I do. You know, if you like the Denny Lane song, if you like Time, if you like time to Hide. And I do. I guarantee you, you're going to like a whole bunch of other Denny Lane songs, too. So check him out. Right. Well, it's been great chatting with you, Chris, and we wish the best to Denny and to Elizabeth as they make their way through this ordeal and it is an ordeal but we're hopeful and um, any help is appreciated so thank you all for joining us today on this bonus episode thank you everybody 
for joining us on this recent season of Take It Away. It's been really, really great just being able to yeah. talk Beatles and talk music and, and have fun with you, Chris. And, you know, it makes me feel better to talk about this stuff. I, I love it so much. So it's been great. And I really appreciate everybody out there and uh, and you and everybody who in Beatleland who makes all this possible. Thank you. Okay. And we're going to go out with some more Denny Lane. So we'll see you very soon for some more George Harrison. But right now, let's check out some more Denny Lane, and we'll talk to you soon. You come unstuck, run out of luck, the way you're going. And in its place will be disgrace before you know it. I'm onto you, baby. I'm onto you, baby. I'm on to you, baby, Caroline Caroline, Caroline You're just a child from way before your time